The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Broadcasting from the heart of Dixie in the Radio Wave studio at Caritas of Birmingham. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. In the book of Matthew, it says, If you want to avoid judgment, stop passing judgment. Your verdict on others will be the verdict passed on you. The measure with which you measure will be used to measure you. We see this everywhere. The news and what's called fake news and the accusations is going to come back on everyone's heads that participates in this. And yet we have our people that are praying far from many of these things. We have antitrust laws. These antitrust laws stopped companies from joining together or either becoming buying each other to collaborate each other to raise a price or either some of the gender they may have. Today, 100 newspapers across the United States of America have stopped their competitive journalism to buy their paper and have agreed to do editorials in all their papers against Trump. Well, it was 100. It's now up to 300 newspapers across 
the nation. What they want to editorialize is that Trump is saying they're fake news. And this big one, that Trump has said the media is the enemy of the people. President Trump does not have to tell me that. I know that. I wrote a book in 2007, Look What Happened While You're Sleeping. The whole thing is about the media. Don't accept it. Read the book. That's 11 years ago. I said, do not listen to the media. If you want more evidence of what they're doing today and that they're so right that these 300 papers are going to be saying that Donald Trump is bad, he's making us bad, he's making us enemies of the people, that because he's saying we're the enemy of the people, he's making it dangerous for us, you're causing it, journalist. And we have something even more powerful than the president of the United States, which holds the most powerful position in the world, because we have the Virgin Mary. Do not believe lying voices. And this is a bold statement. I said this before. Our lady doesn't speak like that. For her to come out that strong... And say something like this about something in the world is a big, big thing. So I want to ask you, what makes them so sacred? You can blast the Pope. You can blast the president. You can do everything you want to do. You can say lies. You can get away with everything. But you can't say anything about the exalted news media. We discovered a clip by Michael Berry, which covers these things, showing the journalists see themselves equal to what the military heroes are. A CNN op-ed compares their journalists to the military. The piece at CNN.com comes from Joseph Holt, described as an ethics professor at the University of Notre Dame's Mendoza College of Business. We thank soldiers for their service because they devote themselves to protecting our freedoms. And we should. But we should also thank the media for the same reason, especially when the stakes have never been higher. So he's basically equating Jim Acosta yelling questions from the comfort of the White House press briefing room at Sarah Sanders with U.S. troops in Afghanistan in a firefight pinned down in a valley with bullets and RPGs whizzing past them. Makes perfect sense. You could see where Brian Williams might accidentally confuse his role as a member of the media with being a fighting man and accidentally conflate those two and claim that he was in a plane that was shot down. It happens. It happens because being the hero that he was sitting behind the anchor's desk, sometimes you might think you're Marcus Luttrell because you too delivered the news. And maybe if you're Jim Acosta, you asked a question of Donald Trump. Very, very heroic. You know, I think about the beginning of the movie, which is detailed also in Marcus's book, which it's based upon, Lone Survivor, and the Navy SEALs that are basically dying and being brought back to life as part of their training, their underwater training, and all the things that they go through that prepare them for the day that they're having to slide down the side of a mountain and drop incredible links onto jagged rocks and keep fighting against insurgent forces, numbering into the dozens, if not hundreds, that training prepared them. It's a heroic act. Three of the four died, and many more died trying to rescue Marcus. And then even more came and did rescue him and pull him out of there. And that's heroic, make no mistake. But Jim Acosta stands in the back of the conference room and screams out, Mr. President, 
Are you going to be interviewed by Robert Mueller? Or are you, Mr. President, do you believe that the press is the enemy of the people? That's a very brave act as well. Make no mistake. Chicks dig that as much as that just awesome Marine uniform. <laughs> the few, the proud, the CNN reporters. Bravery. Boldness. You know, they don't strap on a weapon. But that's how you know they're really bold. They'd be safer if they did. There's Jim Acosta standing in the back of the room and before the president enters. A president who at any moment could kill you! There's Jim Acosta boldly standing on a platform of about six inches to make him tall enough that he can see. And there's Jim Acosta combing his hair with an assistant and a cameraman turning a mirror so that he can make sure his makeup is just right. And there's Jim Acosta bravely standing tall so he can be seen because he's short and belting out his question. There could be incoming fire at any moment. He could be dead and gone. He could disappear. He could be murdered. Bombs could be set off. But it doesn't matter because Jim Acosta is brave. I remember landing under sniper fire. There was supposed to be some kind of a greeting ceremony at the airport, but instead we just ran with our heads down to get into the vehicles. And Hillary was brave. And you know who else was brave? Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper is brave. Yes, yes, Chris Kyle was a brave man, but Anderson Cooper, he too is brave. The braveness of these these men and women, Rachel Maddow, every evening sitting in the chair and asking questions of the president, daring to defy the president. The bravery, the valor. Generations from now, children will learn of their heroics. They will stand in awe and they will remember. They will remember these these brave men and women. When you look out of your hotel room uh, window in the French Quarter and watch a, a man float, float by face down, when, when you see bodies that you last saw in Banda Aceh, Indonesia, Banda Aceh. Yourself, he says Banda that you would Aceh. never see in your country. There was sand. I beat that storm. I was there before it arrived. I wrote it out with people who later died in the Superdome. How does he do it? The heroism of this man. Do you realize? I've been very, very lucky the way my life has turned out. I've been very lucky to have survived a few things that I've been involved in. At a reception a few minutes ago, I was remembering something I tend to forget, the war with Hezbollah in Israel a few years back, where there were Katusha rockets passing oh, just Katusha. underneath the helicopter I was riding in. A few years before that, you go back to Iraq, and I looked down the tube of an RPG that had oh. been fired at us, and it hit the chopper in front of ours. Wow! Thank you, media, for your bravery! So I thought you would enjoy this, just for the humor, but at the same time, it's truth. They literally see themselves as the heroes and compare themselves to the true heroes in the military. 
That's fake. Very fake. And today, they're defending their news as not fake and not enemies of the people. It's full of slander, lies, and inciting the hearts of many people who do not discern and understand the media for what they are, satanically controlled. They got an agenda. They got an agenda to judge. And what's going to happen is come back on their heads. But can you imagine all these newspapers who compete with each other and buy for each other to be read, have collaborated for this scheme so that they can present to the people a twisted view against Trump? We've never heard of this before. And they even pre-announce it. They don't even care. They know if they just get enough negativity out there, most people would be swayed by it. But you know what? We've got the principle of the scriptures that tells us what you do and to the measure you do it will come back upon you. And we have people out there that want him killed. They want him destroyed. So today, as you're listening to this, check these newspapers out. Just get a scan of them. Do your own research. What does God think of this? Well, he tells us these things. In Matthew 23, 17, you blind fools. And what does he do in Luke 13, 32? He's talking about Herod, Jesus himself. He said, go tell that fox. He's calling him a fox. You wouldn't think Jesus would say all these names. In Matthew, he says, you hypocrites. In another place in Matthew 12, verse 34, he says, you brood of vipers. How can you say good things when you are evil? He tells them, you are evil to their face. You're a brood of vipers. You're snakes. He added to that, for from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. He confronts these people. He confronts the wicked. And he did things like this to other people too. That was not of his race. In Matthew 15, 21, 28, it says, Jesus went to a place where he withdrew in the region of Tyre and Sidon. And it says, And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord son David. She's been nice. She's crying out to Jesus. And he, she says, My daughter is tormented by a demon. And the scripture says, But he did not, Jesus, did not say a word in answer to her. He ignored her. That's kind of rude. We wouldn't expect that behavior out of Jesus himself. And it continues, his disciples came and asked him, send her away, for she keeps calling out to us. And Jesus replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's very crude. I'm not coming for anybody else. I'm God. I come only for the lost sheep of Israel. Get rid of them, basically. But the woman came and did homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, something very nasty. It is not right to take the food from the children and throw it to the dogs. He called her a dog. So she responds, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. It's an amazing thing. That scene really unfolded in an incredible way. You know the rest of the story, but I'm not saying that for the rest of the story. He did Hegler because he said, you have great faith. That's not the point I'm bringing it up. He called this woman a dog. He says, you're not of a people. I didn't come here for you. 
Why is that? Because they did act like dogs. They did have bad behavior. The Canaanites were crude. They were abominable in a lot of ways. That's why when Moses brought his people, the Jews, to Palestine, and they got the promised land, it's because of the way they lived. They lived like dogs. It's a reality. And that's why he said to the scribes what he said to them, because of what they were. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful on the outside, but instead are full of dead men's bones and every kind of filth. I've been in Jerusalem. I've seen these tombs. They do whitewash them. And Jesus doesn't let up. He said in another place, You serpents, you brood of vipers. We killed a rattlesnake yesterday. And they're frightening if you look at them striking at you. And Jesus is calling the Pharisees, the priests of the temple, You serpents, you brood of vipers. Think about these things. It's pretty amazing. And then he adds to that, after saying vipers, how can you flee from the judgment of Guiana? That's hell. He's basically saying you're going to hell. And the Bible is full of these things. Paul said the same things. The other apostles said these things. Do you object to that? Do you say, that's not right? This is wrong? We shouldn't have this kind of thing coming out of the Son of God? We're against him? This past Wednesday, Donald Trump says, a tweet, you give a crazed, crying low life a break and give her a job at the White House. I guess it just didn't work out. Good work for General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. And people are going crazy. That's rude. I don't like Trump. I don't like his treats. What about the Bible tweets? Look at these things. It's all in the Bible. Jesus himself said these things. Why? Because when he said somebody was a dog, they acted like a dog. They were low life. They did things. And this woman he's tweeting about, of course, is somebody who was fired that he hired to give her a break. And he knew who she was. And I knew when he was building his cabinet, when he hired her, I read about her. She says, this woman was bad news. But he wanted to give her a break. And he even said that. You give a crying low life a break. He knew who she was. I'd already read before a couple of years ago that he wanted to help her. So you fought him for that? Then you got to fault Jesus for the same thing. Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Laura, said of Miss Amorosa, what a lost opportunity. She was in the White House. She had every chance to do something. She didn't collaborate. She was always doing things against everybody, and they had to get rid of her. How do you fault Trump for being who he is, what he is, and what he's chosen for. I'm saying all this because I just heard a cop on the radio yesterday saying that he liked Donald Trump, but he can't stand his tweets. This is who he is, and he's not doing really anything different than Jesus. He called Herod, King Herod, a fox. You say, well, that's for cleverness. It's true. That's what Jesus meant. He's clever, but evilly clever. He ain't giving no slack. Trump's not giving no slack. Is Donald Trump Jesus Christ? No, not by any means. But this is who this man is. Every politician out there, you don't know who they are. You can't say who they are because they're not going to let you know who they are. You know Donald Trump. You know you may say something like this if you see somebody behaving like a dog and you call him that. And you think it's wrong for him to do that because he's a president? We know who Donald Trump is. 
And if you want him to stop tweeting or you think this is wrong, it's the reason where he is today. And it's why newspapers today are doing something to try to reach the masses because he's bypassing them. With a little bitty paragraph, he releases the news. He releases that he's changing the military as far as Abominable's coming into it. He bypasses the news media and they can't stand it. And so they put the resistance and they put this in your mind that this is wrong. Uh, some of the feedbacks Donald Trump got back from this was one who was writing about Trump, why he said this. He says, quote, I agree with our local commentator that Trump should not have called Newman a dog. Dogs are loyal. <laughs> so you have this and most people can see through it. If you don't see through it or you think I'm politicizing our lady's messages, you don't understand what God is doing in the world today. It's to identify these 300 newspapers are anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Mary, anti-message, anti-truth. They're here to put today tons of fake news that sway you or persuade you to believe and hate Trump. All you got to do to judge this situation is why so much hatred is against this man. Ask yourself, and don't write me about the apparitions and the messages. She is in charge of many things in the world today. It's her plan. I have many plans. I need you to collaborate with me. I want to collaborate with you. Don't you see it? The vision has a purpose to separate those who see good versus those who promote bad. We're in the middle of something so big, so great, that if you're praying, you're fasting, you're doing all they ask, that you literally will become an apostle of truth. And so I bring these things to clarify things for you, to see truth, to understand things, and see these things. I like that Trump tweets what he does. Why? Because we know who he is. There's no fake there. He says what he knows and what he believes. And that's what we need is truth in political offices now. You might not like everything he does, but you can have both ways. He is who he is. There's no politician out there anywhere else that you know who he is because they're always, always hiding who they are. Trump doesn't do that. And that is worthy of respect himself. And that's what Judas kept going to Jesus. Quit tweeting, Jesus. You're hurting yourself in front of the Pharisees. That didn't help you any. Why did you do that? I got to coach you. I got to tell you, you don't know how to deal with these people. Be nice to them. Trump knows how to deal with them. And Jesus knew how to deal with them. And it got him killed. I listened to clips yesterday, repeatedly, at a rally that happened this past weekend. And over and over and over, they asked him, the journalist, if Trump was here, what would you do? I'd kill him. I'd bust his face. I'd crash his head. Over and over and over. Even the Secret Service called this journalist afterwards and said they'd like to have the tapes because that's against the law and you can go to jail for this. My point in bringing this up is because the hatred toward him should be a sign to you that God is doing something. And that something is to change the direction of the world. And you're at a turning point, our lady says. We know not only Trump is getting it, but anybody who stands against these people that's full of hate. Joan was telling me a story earlier today of liberals, among other liberals, 
and what's happening to them. So you don't have a read, but you have a story. This really connects to what a friend of Medjugorje has been saying for a long time about this separation that has to happen, that everybody wants to see unity. But as a friend of Medjugorje has said, also quoting from Our Lady's message, everything is falling apart. So one of the main pillars that Satan has left standing is the university school systems because they're filled with those who are left-leaning in their ideologies, and they are pumping these ideologies in the youth of today and tomorrow. These have to go away at some point, somehow, in order for Our Lady to have the victory. But are there signs of that? And that's what I was speaking with a friend of Medjugorje that I've been hearing more and more of actual liberal professors who are more what they call classical liberals, Versus the radical liberals. Classical liberals are those who still will say there is a truth. You, you can't just pull the truth out of the sky. You have to have a basis for which that truth is based on or foundationed on. And yet many of the radicals are just pulling truth in whatever they want to make it. And so some of these liberal, classical liberal atheists, evolutionists, those who don't have any kind of connection to what our belief system is in Christianity, but they're being ostracized in the universities that teach at because they stand against the liberal radicals. And since they are the ones that really are in power, they are getting students to uh, go against these professors. They get attacked through YouTube and Facebook and all these kinds of of, uh, social media in order to oppress them to keep their voices down. And so where are they finding a place to go? These liberal professors is the conservative movement. Not that their ideologies are matched, but they have but because conservatism allows for free speech. And so they're grouping with these individuals, the, the conservative talk show hosts, they're going, you know, getting rounded that way. For those who are brave enough to speak out in public, many of them won't even say their names because they... The career is destroyed. Exactly. I think that it's interesting that we're even seeing it now happening, even on that level, which you said, and I, I heard these actual words say, the universities are falling apart. Just like you have said, you wrote it in 30 Years of Apparitions, you've spoken about that way before anybody even saw it or could see that happening. And it's beginning to happen. So there's a lot of judging that needs to be done, but there's not a judge that needs to be done when you put out a verdict because it comes back on you. How many times have you seen people act like dogs and even have the thought? We have what we have right now. It is true that liberals are being pushed toward conservatives. All this has meaning. All this has purpose. And we saw it 2,000 years ago the same way, that the people who witnessed Christians living the Christ life, who would, you might want to say, the classical liberals or atheists, were attracted to that. The evil, wicked ones went the other way. And we see this. This is the explanation of what you see everywhere. And with this broadcast today, you have evidence right in front of you. 300 newspapers collectively getting together to do what antitrust 
we're not even allowed to do. It's an amazing thing. We had an elderly couple come and visit the mission yesterday, came to the field after seeing the mission, and they had actually been to the first apparitions in 1988 when Maria was here for the first time. They remembered they had parked a mile away from the field because there was no way to get near the field and had to walk that whole distance. So they were reminiscing about all of that, but they were really touched, very moved to come back to the field after all these years. They had kind of gotten away from our mission. They weren't receiving newsletters or anything like that, but recently had been listening to the broadcast of a friend of Medjugorje, and they really just had wanted to come and, and visit again this place. So the gentleman is in a wheelchair. His wife is next to him. And I am there with another community member with a friend of Medjugorje, and he's being introduced to them. And he says to them, you're military. And they kind of, you know, had this look like, how do you know that? And they, they said, yes, we are. They were career military family. But I'm standing there thinking, well, how do you know that they're military? Because they, you know, they weren't wearing anything to say they were military. And I was with a friend of Medjugorje preparing for today's broadcast. And so I know he hadn't met them before. But I recalled when a few years ago he was on an airplane and he turns to this guy and he says, you're a Navy SEAL. And the young guy looks at him with a shock look on his face and said, how do you know? Because he was in civilian clothes. There's no sign. And a friend of Medjugorje said, well, one Navy SEAL can always recognize another Navy SEAL. And of course, if you've seen a friend of Medjugorje, he wouldn't written look as if he was a Navy SEAL. But he began to explain to this young guy that on the spiritual side of things were Navy SEALs. And that they ended up talking the whole way. And in the midst of the conversation, he actually even showed a friend of Medjugorje some classified information that he shouldn't have shown, but he felt that comfortable with him. So with this couple in the field, I wasn't shocked at this because I've seen this happen with a friend of Medjugorje many times. But it, what it did was it opened this couple's heart. And this man that was there was crying. It was very touching, very moving. And friend of Medjugorje starts talking to them about President Trump. And, the, and there was just this immediate connection. And she was saying that the night of the election, at one point when she was seeing, you know, this battle going on and very, very concerned for our country, for its future, she said she got on her knees and she begged Our Lady for a miracle. And she said this prayer to Our Lady. She said to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, you know what this country stands for. Please save this from going into a direction away from your son. Please save our country. And she said, and we got it. We got the miracle. Trump became president. And she said, and it was a miracle. And I was listening to this whole you know, story thinking, what made her think that? that strongly, not connected to this mission, but it's there in her heart. And I think that the, the theme of this broadcast is to say that hearts are getting connected, are already connected. There is this movement of unity and connection that is going on, even when we don't perceive it or know it. I'll finish with the message of January 2nd, 2017. And it shows through these words of Our Lady, that through this division, people are attracted to the hate or to the love. 
Allah says, quote, This is a love which calls, unites, converts, encourages, and fulfills. So that's what's bringing us together. This division is to draw people toward love and toward hate, to make a clear decision. And Lady adds to that, Therefore, my apostles, always love one another, and above all, love my son. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.